One of the best things about finishing a great book is knowing that you have another one ready to go in your to be read pile. With Book of the Month, you can make sure that your to be read pile stays stocked and ready to go. Each month, you can use the app to select from five to seven titles vetted and curated by the team at Book of the Month, focusing specifically on debut authors and early releases. If you can't choose just one, you can always upgrade and add more from your selection. And if that TBR pile starts to get a little too tall, you can skip as many months as you need to give yourself a little extra time to catch up on what you have. Personally, I am a huge fan of suspense and psychological thrillers, so I was very excited to see multiple books on the selection list for May that fit that description. I selected two different titles, both of which are set in Washington State, just like our favorite show, Grey's Anatomy. I thoroughly enjoyed The Return of Ellie Black, the first thriller novel from Amiko Jean, and have Middle Tide by Sarah Crouch ready to read on my road trip next week. Right now, you can sign up for Book of the Month and use code PEDALS to get your first book for only $5. That's code PEDALS, P-E-T-A-L-S, to get your first book for only $5. Watch out for that blue box at your door and get your TBR pile stocked and ready. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Gray's Academy. You've got your two beautiful hosts. Happy Thanksgiving. I'm Carmen. I'm Kelsey, and it is a beautiful day for a podcast on Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving podcasts, and it, it would, you know, I'm eating some cheese. I'm eating some charcuteries over here, so I'm in the Thanksgiving festive spirit. It would have been perfect if this had lined up to be a Thanksgiving episode, but it did not because we don't plan ahead like that. Maybe in the future we will, but probably not May- because that puts a lot of uh, pressure on us. <laughs> well, once once they start doing like themed episodes, Christmas yeah. and Halloween themed episodes, we'll just have to like, once we get past them, we'll have to do re-releases, special re-releases. Uh, yes, yes, be yes. Time is content. weird on this show also, so it's kind of sometimes hard to track how time travels on this show because sometimes episodes, like a whole episode will be a day and sometimes a whole episode will be like a year. So it's just, it's weird. So It's also weird because the podcast time in general works so backwards. So we're recording yes. this in Not on two weeks. <laughs> no. Oh, goodness gracious. Speaking of, this episode took place in what year? Tell us all about this episode, Kelsey. Kelsey I, I almost will. just said Kelsey. And I had to, I had to Kelsey. <laughs> um, I have so many fun facts about this. But first, I want to make a correction because last season, 
I said that Grey's Anatomy has always aired on Thursdays at 9, and that was incorrect. In the first and second seasons, it aired Sundays at 10 because Desperate Housewives, which was already very successful, was at 9. And so they knew that they would have like a lot of people just kind of like overflow from that show, I guess, because it's also like a drama. So they thought it would be the same crowd. So they wanted to just continue that. So that is why it was Sundays at 10. And also part of why they ended the first season so short Because for the first season, they had originally ordered 14 episodes, but then it was doing really well and they wanted the finale to line up schedule-wise with the Desperate Housewives finale. So they were like, cut it at nine, but we did order 14 episodes. So instead of you not doing those episodes, we're just going to put those extra episodes in season two, which is why there are 27 episodes in this season, which is a very long season. So... Not for not for like shorter, seasons. not for shorter shows like uh, Friends or Scrubs, but right. for yeah, for like a 39, 45 minute hour mm-hmm. plus long episode at sometimes, yeah, that's a long season. Yeah, and they were like, "Don't worry about cutting out any plots. Just do it. Just make it work, however, and we'll we'll make it work." And so I think there is an episode in season two that Shonda has said that was originally her plan for the end of season one. Um, so when we get to that, I'll have to get more into it. I'll, but, I'll I'll have a hard time imagining where the end of season one would have been without the the Addison. It's such a good cliffhanger. Oh, it's so good. Like, Imagine oh, it, having to just wait one week instead of a whole season. Right. Okay. So that's was the finale aired May twenty second, and the season two premiere was not until September twenty fifth. That's so crazy. imagine hearing you must be the woman who screwed my or screwing my husband and then just not knowing anything for that long. That I is, couldn't. I couldn't imagine. It's, it's really crazy, honestly. Okay, so this episode is obviously the first episode of the second season. Can you believe that we're already in the second season? I cannot. I cannot. <laughs> um, this one was directed by Peter Horton, who did the first and second episodes, and I said he would be back, and he is. He's and he will be again. He does a lot. Um, and it was written by Stacy McKee, who has written a lot of Grays and was a producer on Grays, and then ultimately left because she was going to be a writer, producer, showrunner for Station Nineteen. So she is busy. Very busy. Busy little bee. Uh, this episode had eighteen point nine eight million views, which is truly shocking to me because the finale had twenty two. So that is several million people who did not want follow-up to how that ended. Well, there were three million people who were offended that she would even come back, apparently. I mean, I just would want answers, even if I was mad about it. (laughs) I need to know why I'm so mad about this. Um, So, yes. Okay, so let's read the, uh, the Netflix synopsis. This episode... Oh, wait. First, do we want to talk about the title? Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head? Yes. And actually, with all of the rain that happens in this episode, which is mostly just because it's Seattle, yeah, I think it still <laughs> still works for the, the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, one new thing for this season, folks, I'm going to try to give you a little bit more information on the song. Uh, so Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head is a song that was written by Burt Bacharach and uh, Hal David. But it was actually a song that was written for a movie. It was written for Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Now... Indeed. Yeah, so I didn't know that when I was uh, doing some of these research pieces, but 
Uh, it did end up at some point, uh, I don't have the exact date, I apologize, uh, reaching the number one position on the U.S. Wow. Billboard Hot 100. I mean, it's very catchy. I feel like it's, very it's catchy. Still, very, still to this day very well known. Yeah. Um, and actually, thank you for saying that because that helps transition me into the all-time 1958 to 2018 U.S. Billboard Hot 100. It actually has the rank of 107. Well. So... All time over what is that fifty, sixty, seventy years? It's position one oh seven. That's pretty darn pretty darn crazy. So yeah, that's, there's a lot of songs. Good so. job, Burke Bacharach. Very proud of you. Um, but yeah, it def or Birch Bacharach. Sorry, I said Burke. <laughs> Burke with a Bert with a T, like Bert and Ernie. Um, anyways, that's all I got. Really appreciate it. Nineteen sixty nine. This song came out in uh, two thousand six. We're we're hearing it again. Alrighty, so. This is the next Netflix synopsis for Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head. Meredith deals with the fallout of meeting Addison while Christina reveals a secret. George talks to Izzy about his interaction with Alex. So two whole sentences this time, not just one. And actually not, they cover multiple plots. Yeah, and it's not super spoily, but it's enough. Enough, you know? I will say I don't really think... The George and Izzy talking about Alex was like a major plot point, but you know, whatever, it's fine. If uh, Izzy and Alex end up falling in love, or Izzy and George end up smushing booties, then it's definitely going to be an important plot point. <laughs> All righty. So okay, so let's get into it. They, they, we got a recap again. Say, um, first first season recap. So they recap the whole first season. There's a lot happened in that. Yes, a lot happened in that. They, <laughs> the scene that they put with the uh, the pee stick for Christina was just the very standard ominous looking at a pee stick. Yeah, there was really no words in there, but then they had I don't know. Anyways, it's just it's a recap. It's it's good. It's fine. Alrighty, so we get to Meredith. She is taking shots. She is not pleased with her life and she is drinking away the pain at Joe's bar. This is also the first time we're meeting Joe officially because they talk about the bar before, but this is the first time that we're meeting Joe. And this is who I said before, like when he was the anesthesiologist and I said, Oh, he's going to be a real character later on. That's like there a lot. That was Joe. Oh, I didn't even, Oh, I did not even recognize him. Well, when he's the anesthesiologist, he has like a mask on. So it's hard to say, but uh, yeah, that's that's our good good buddy Joe. He'll be around for a little bit, so that's good. We I do like Joe. Joe, and I love that Meredith's recurring alcohol of choice is tequila. Oh yeah. Although, did you notice that she was drinking silver and he poured her a shot of gold? Well, probably because he felt so bad for her. <laughs> Maybe that's it. That's true. <laughs> He's a gold guy, though, and I appreciate that. I respect that, Joe. So uh, yeah, I was I was gonna. I think it. I think I stopped and counted how many shots were on the bar and i think there were six that she had already done so seven shots of tequila is an aggressive solution to a problem if you can call it i would it say passive aggressive mm, i would not i wouldn't say it's aggressive i would say if you're you mixing seven your... shots of tequila is aggressive look who you're talking to no i, I don't. know i've seen you after like <laughs> three so i have to think that seven is aggressive no, um, I I would say if you're mixing all of your drinks together and she's doing vodka, tequila, rum, and she's getting it all together, that's aggressive. Just one, she's she's sticking to one drink. That's fine. 
And I would imagine at Joe's Bar, they're probably like 2 or $3 a shot. I hope so. Probably back in the in the 2005 times. Yeah, the before four. Um, so, oh yeah, so we, she tells, she tells Joe what happens and then he gives her the shot. And then we real quick pan over to Derek and Addison and Derek is big mad and Addison is the best. I love her so much. Yes. Also, I really enjoyed this scene as a standout piece because Mm -hmm. it was just a very well done time lapse. So I am always a big fan of when shows or movies can do time lapses and it's not clunky or totally heinous. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I really appreciated that. So shout out to the writers and the film crew. So, yeah, it's also worth noting that this essentially picks up right where we left off. Like, we have to assume that basically Meredith just ran out of the hospital and went to the bar. And Derek is just there still arguing with Addison. So, it was like direct pickup. Um, and I, I love Derek and Addison's chemistry because they have really good chemistry together. But it's very different than Derek and Meredith's, which is also really good chemistry. But it's it's just so different because... I mean, she makes good points. She's like, oh, she's young. She's, oh, he's a brain surgeon, doe-eyed, whatever. But, and Addison is just like, she knows Derek for however long they've been married. They have a relationship and she's just not really as, you know, naive maybe as Meredith is. But I love that she refers to Meredith as the anti-Addison. Yes. Yes. So with, with that though, uh, the way that Addison is talking about it, it's at this point that I I had a feeling that that she cheated on him is what I right um, what I thought and obviously <clears throat> excuse me oh uh, that gets confirmed later on but uh, the thing that I know I'm jumping a little bit well no that's in the same scene that's where you find out that Weber asked her to be there yeah and Weber and and Shepard were not short on time together nope. You could have done that at any point. Like, all right, take a deep breath in, Richard. We're going to put you under. Okay. Inhale. Your wife's coming. Out. <laughs> right? Like, could have been very... You could have done that. that. I think that would be great TV. I would watch that as well. Yeah, it's also... I feel like it's almost implied that he called Addison because he saw Derek and Meredith, but the the, the time frame on that would not work at all. Correct. But I, but I feel like, in a way, that's what they want you to think. But it is weird that he didn't tell Derek. It would have made more sense. Yeah, it would have made more sense that, uh, well, yeah, I guess, okay. Uh, no, I'm trying I'm trying to rationalize it. I'm trying to think through yeah. everything in my head. Because he knows that he's here. Like, yeah. obviously, Weber calls Shepard, Shepard's in, and tra- travels across the country. If you're grooming someone to take over as chief, you have to have some sort of personal mentor-mentee relationship. And I'm sure that it came up that she cheated on him and he wants to get out of there. Well, and maybe because the chief also clearly knows Addison, maybe he didn't want to say, like, oh, she cheated. So he just was like, we're taking some time apart. Maybe he kind of, like, was subtle about it. Yeah. And so then the chief was like, I'll solve your marital marital problems by inviting her as well. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I like that. That's that's a good way of looking at it. Um, either way, that whole scene is wild. Everything is wild about it. Um, then we are in the locker room, 
and Alex and Azir are having their little back to for- back and forth. She's like icing his eye and he's saying, oh, I could have knocked George out, but I didn't because I don't want to hurt my hands because I'm going to be a plastic surgeon. And she's like, oh, he fights like my sister. And then Izzy goes, so by your definition, you got beat up by a girl, which I love. I, and I So think good. Their chemistry is is good, too, as as we see more of Alex be being a likable human person. And um, I, I like their back and forths that they have, the two of them. And, you know, they're both very attractive people. So, of course, they're going to have them together a lot. So we can just be like, look at all of these attractive people on the television screen. Yeah. Basically, everyone except George. George yeah, is the he's least. Just, he's like a little baby. It's because it's not like ugly. You're like, oh, you're cute. Like a puppy. Yeah. Like a little Bambi deer. Yeah. I will say, so I, a couple of things. Number one, I was going to tell you this before the show, and I told you I wanted to tell it to you live. It is becoming increasingly hard to avoid Grey's Anatomy spoilers. Like, Oh, no, what happened? So there was um, a, a Facebook post of, like, oh, characters that we liked at the beginning of the show that we ended up not liking later on. And I don't remember what character it was but one of them was ross in the title so i was like mm-hmm. oh this is curious i want to see what they have to say yeah. ross from friends if anyone needs yeah, any yeah. clarification i never liked ross but that's fine yeah no me either but as i was scrolling one of them was dr izzy stevens and i was like oh fuck scroll <laughs> um so i i have to find myself being careful of that because yeah in that was another like an older white doctor that is i think a character who comes on later i didn't read the name I don't know yeah. who it is. I don't know what the context is, but it was one of those. He had also made the list as well. So yeah. it is hard. Now I know that someone else is going to be joining the show at some point. Oh, my God. So many. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I will say also, I watched um, a trailer when I was looking something up on IMDb. They had like a trailer for a later season. And I literally I watched it. and I went, if I showed this trailer to Cartman, I don't know if he would be able to name me like two people. <laughs> probably. Unless Meredith just and so Christina are in it. <laughs> um well but also, yeah and it's, they just keep they just are always adding more people so so they're adding not necessarily always subtracting i you know we'll just have to see how the math works out um i <laughs> well, will say did you did you think um in the last episode when we left off that addison was a doctor did you see uh, that coming no, that I did not see coming. I thought she was, I think I actually said that she is like an oil baron Yeah, tycoon. that's what you said. So she was an oil tycoon. <laughs> she was, yeah. Uh, either she is or the, uh, she's the daughter of uh, an oil oil tycoon um, is what I thought. But it was all of the names. What is it? It's Addison something Addison, something. Adrian, Forbes, Montgomery, Shepard. Yeah, it's the Forbes Montgomery part that I thought, yeah, yeah this person's wealthy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I will say it was very refreshing because there was the one scene, I know I'm jumping, jumping ahead, with the, the lady with the, the two babies together. Mm-hmm. And she was like, unless you're one of a handful of these entire people in the entire world yeah. that can do the surgery, which I am. And I was like, okay, yeah. okay, Yeah, that's she's savage. very, very good at what she does. So there is a justification to the fact that um, Weber called her in for this procedure because she is... And they'll say this later. This is not a spoiler. She's a double board certified neonatal surgeon. So she can operate on babies while they're in and then also when they're out. And she's very good. And she's just very good at um, like being a pregnant lady doctor. And Which just is a lady incredible. doctor in general. And now that we've gone through having 
a baby, it's like I respect that person even more because that we both have life... separately, but not together. Yes, they yes. are. Yes, we both have babies, but not together. Did I say we or did I say I? You said we, which is not Listen. incorrect. <laughs> okay, I understand how the <laughs> listeners can be. Uh, I just want this. to clarify. But we, I think we we've also mentioned far away, but also <laughs> have separate lives, but also are best friends. If this is your first time listening to this episode, um, they're going to be going, why are these best friends having babies with each other? Um, anyways. <laughs> not living in the same state. Yeah. Uh, long distance parents. Not easy. Anyways. So, okay. We're we're in, in the locker room. They're having their moment. Yes. The note that I have here is I was like, dang, that was a nice black eye. Good eye. Good on you, George. It is, it is a good eye. Good shiner. Um, all right. So then we go back to the bar and this is one of my favorite scenes. This is, uh, you know... Do you want to play whose life sucks the most? I'll win. She's like, no, you won't win. I'll win. You don't want to play with me. And then Meredith says, Derek's Meredith. Derek is married. George has beer out of his nose, so he has to go to the bathroom. And then Christina tells Meredith that she's pregnant, which is a big deal. It's a huge deal. Huge deal. So exciting. I just love them so much, but it's a big deal. And then she says... Uh, I told you you didn't want to play with me. And then Joe passes out. And they say, okay, maybe Joe wins. It was in that moment. Yes, Joe wins. And actually, I think I, I think I said, okay, maybe Joe wins. Yeah, I like that one. <laughs> yeah. It was at that point that I also thought Christina would tell Meredith by the end of the episode that Burke is who she's been hooking up with or, mm-hmm. or who the father would be. Um, But... Obviously, that's not. It didn't pan out that way. She finds out, but it didn't right, pan yeah, out that yeah. way. I not thought Christina, Christina was going to tell her. Right. No. Um. So, and then it cuts to what would be a commercial if you weren't watching it on Netflix, and then it comes back in, and they're tending to Joe, but also still talking about it. And Meredith's like, "Who are you sleeping with?" And Christina says, "What? I can't sleep with someone. Like even George is getting." <laughs> Some and George goes correction. George is getting some syphilis, <laughs> which I line. do like. I will say, I I still find George to be annoying, but I do think this episode he was more tolerable than normal. They it's probably like took the hindsight. <laughs> they took the hindsight of a couple of months going. Hey guys, we looked at these episodes. Yeah, your people do not. We took a straw poll up and down the street. People do not like George. People are annoyed with this man. So, yeah, I wonder if they sat down and watched all nine episodes and they were like, oh, my God, this is awful. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so he is still kind of, I guess, maybe pitiful would be a good word, but not nearly as grating to watch, which is a relief. Yes, definitely. <laughs> um, okay, so Meredith is just pestering Christina about all this stuff and Christina just is not she doesn't want to share. Which I understand both sides because I understand, you know, and later Meredith says, why did you even tell me if you're not going to tell me anything and whatever. Christina, I'm like, Meredith, you're also like hiding secrets. So yeah. don't like get off her back. You're annoying. I, I do think the, the difference for that is, and I did write that down too, is why would you even confide in me if you're going to keep these secrets yeah. or whatever? I, I wrote down those quotes. Um I think the difference is Meredith really wasn't confiding in anyone about the mom thing. Yeah. So I think it's just a question of you don't know what you don't know. Now yeah. that she knows and now that Christina opened that door, you like she's opening the door but saying, I have an electric fence. Don't come through here. Yeah. But she does. I mean, so they go to the hospital 
and that's when Christina is like, I, right? Is this it? Yeah, I think this is it. When Christina is saying like, I don't want to not be a surgeon. I don't want to switch specialties, something easier. Like I'm going to get rid of it because I don't want it to affect my career. Um, and that's when Derek comes out and he's just acting like everything's normal. It's just straight up acting like everything's normal. And, um, says that, you know, what's wrong with Joe or whatever. And then tries to hand Meredith the, the notebook and the other interns have her back and, uh, she runs away and then they like each individually block Derek from going after her, which I just love that moment. Oh yeah, especially when Izzy says McBastard. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I wrote down like that sounds like something I get from McDonald's. I get it off the dollar menu. Well, because she says, "What are you doing here? Weren't you supposed to be on a date with McDreamy?" And then George says, "More like McMarried." And then later she says McBastard, which I just yes. love. Yes, this so is good. a theme that will carry throughout the show. I'm okay with it. That's a good theme. It's fun. Uh, it's a good time. It is. It is funny because uh, George is uh, is on McSwoop Patrol, and he's trying to get yeah. in there, like, immediately. Yeah. I mean, but also don't drink and drive. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm drunk. Uh, which, wait, implies that she... Dr- no, because the hospital, the bar's right it's across, across the street. It's across the street, yeah. yeah. Okay, perfect. They just walked Thank across you. the street. All caught up. I'm glad to walk through that journey with you. Um <laughs> Uh, do, do, do. uh yeah so well meredith yells at mcdreamy first before george drives her home and she's like i'm gonna run you over with my car stop talking to me i hate you blah blah whatever all valid honestly if if you were in the situation and you knew what she knew that's i feel like a, a fair reaction right um can i pause i have a question for you yes would you have in that moment gone to meredith like, okay, sorry, backtracking. Ma- Addison walks up. Would yes. you have gone and said, I can't do this with you right now because I need to go talk to this girl? Would you have ran out at after Meredith if you were I feel there? like I would have tried to, but there's a good chance if I'm Meredith, I would say, you need to not follow me. I don't want to look at you for several hours. That's fair. Yeah. Um. So I could see both, but yeah. Um, That's all. That was my question. Yes. Uh, also, one of my favorite, it's like a throwaway, but I really love it. Um, when Derek leaves and Christina starts looking at the chart and then George and Izzy are kind of giving her an eye and she's like, listen, I'm on her side, but this is a standstill. We have to recognize like that is a big deal. I just love that. When she's like, we're talking about possible standstill. Recognize. Recognize. So, I just love her. Um, okay. So uh, Derek goes to see the chief and Addison is in there. You know, buddy, buddy, they clearly have a relationship established. They're laughing, chuckling, sharing the memories. So um, she leaves. Derek's grumpy. Um, Derek's Naturally. grumpy most of this episode. That's a note I took later on. Uh, Weber tells Derek that he made Burke the chief because essentially it seems like it's only because of the Meredith situation. Um. So he's like, it's not personal. And then Derek says, so it is personal. So, you know, it yeah. is what it is. It's a little bit of both I, for sure. I made a note of that specifically. I was like, yeah, that's a little bit contradictory. Like, yeah. obviously, respect. You're going to do whatever you want. You're the chief of surgery for this hospital. 
but don't tell Derek point blank it's not personal when it is. That was yeah. just be honest. Be like, hey, dude, you made a bad personal choice. I don't. I can't trust your judgment. So yeah. Burke's the or a bad professional chief. choice. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of both. totally. <laughs> a little bit of both. Um. Okay, so then Christina is in the OR looking at everything. Burke comes in. She's like, oh, I'm going to clean it. Don't worry. Like, I'm going to put everything back. And then <laughs> this is one of my favorite interactions when he's like, I have a question. And then he just says a bunch of stuff. And she goes, none of those were questions, <laughs> which is <laughs> yes. a, a me mood. Um, and so he wants to go out on a date with her, which is nice. Um, she's still she's not being great at this point. No. Um, so dumb. I am so yeah. in the relationship aspect. I am not team Christina. Yeah, right now in that moment, I definitely see where he's coming from um, and where he's coming from later when he gets mad. Uh, but yeah. yeah, it's I mean, I understand that sometimes you you need to have alone time or you need a minute, but there are just kinder ways to express that to people that you're sleeping with or just people in general. So I don't the thing is, I don't think she thinks she was being mean because when she is mean, it is really really mean so Very i think harsh. she i think she thinks she is kind of being nice but she's not i'm not saying that she was um but yeah she's just like definitely not letting down her walls at all and um, we've the, my my issue with that scene is i thought that she was going to tell him in that moment that she's pregnant i, nope. I that's what i thought the scene was going to be she's known for what three or four episodes now yeah and hasn't told him. Yeah. And I'm not okay with that yeah. at all. Like, there's no way that I can paint an excuse for Christina on that. Like, obviously, I'm, I'm going to back that up just a, a hair. My body, my choice. But, like, also, he's the dad. You should at least tell him so he has some closure there, I guess. I, I would want it, but... the thought process might also be is that I don't think she thinks they're in a relationship. So I don't think she thinks she owes that to him. I understand in, where in she's coming from. I just sense. don't. I don't think it's defendable from my from my point of view. I don't like it. Right. But again, her choice. She's she's allowed to do it. She's yeah. Um. Oh, I love it. Okay, so then we get George telling Izzy like, "Oh, I'm not violent. He just pushed me too far. If you push me, I push back. Blah blah whatever." Um, and then Izzy's like, "Well, if he bothers you, like, let me know, and I'll take care of it." <laughs> <laughs> okay, Izzy, sure. Did you not hear anything I just said? <laughs> um, so then we get the Burke, like, figuring out all the stuff the chief does. And we have Patricia again in this episode for a split second. The the um, the secretary to the chief, who is just hilarious. And she's, like, giving Burke the rundown. And he says something. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I've got it all. And she just walks away and she goes, huh, virgin. And, like, just leaves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I LOL'd at that. Yeah. That was a good one. That was a good one. Um Okay, so then that's when Derek tells Burke that um, him and Addison are separated. Because he's like, your wife or is it your ex-wife? And he says, oh, we're separated. Um, whatever. And then we learn that Addison has requested Meredith to be on her service, which is a big power move. So savage. Did, so, wait, so yeah. she requested it? Yes, Addison requested that Meredith be on her service and burke approved the request oh okay see i misunderstood that i thought uh burke did it and didn't tell 
anyone else. No. I mis I misread that scene. Addison requested it, and then Burke was like, "Yeah, absolutely, Bailey, do that." And so then Bailey sent Meredith to Addison. Wow, and the did I lady. was I drunk and blind on that scene? I don't remember that scene at all. Uh, I think all of those were like Bailey tells Meredith, uh, "You you're popular. Someone requested you." And then the next scene is when she shows up and. She's like, oh, did you get the intern I requested? And Meredith says, yeah, he did. I'm right here. <laughs> yeah, that was a wild scene. I, oh, gosh, I, I didn't think that, that was going to end. Obviously, it, it ends up nicely, but I did not see that uh, that interaction, that entire partnership for this episode ending out well at all. I thought that was yeah. going to be a train wreck. Yeah, the, uh, the, the writing on it is good, and you think you're probably going to hate Addison the whole time, but then... I don't know, maybe you end up not hating her. I don't, but... Um, so Addison is here to work on the super rare case where these twins are basically... They're supposed to each have their own blood vessels, I guess, blood supply, but they're sharing a blood supply, so they're not developing as as well they should. Um, again, I'm not a doctor, so I may have gotten everything I just said wrong. But that's, that when sounded we get right to, <laughs> that's when we get to the point where Addison's like, you should be worried if you're not one of these very few people who can fix it which i am so don't worry so she's fancy she's like derek top of her field really well renowned successful great also a cheater okay um <laughs> also a cheater so then she's out in the hall and meredith's like oh if you had given me a minute i would have answered the question and she goes well i'm i'm tough on everyone not just the women that my husband sleeps with and then she's like go get labs or whatever but the, the patient overhears that so yeah, I was not that comes on into play. Yeah, I was not on that. That was just unprofessional. I was not on Addison's side for that one. Yeah, that was an interesting comment to make, given what we later find out. I think she was just trying to say, like, I'm tough. I would be tough on anyone. I'm not picking on you for what you did. I'm just this way. But the phrasing of it is unprofessional. Yes, but it's and also dramatic, which is why they put it in the show. Yeah. Way too loud, though. That's like a closed door. I'm going to talk to you down the hall out of earshot of my patient kind of conversation. Yeah. Um, so then the chief requests George come and be his spy. And George is like, wants to just be a doctor. And then the chief is like, no, you have to be a sponge. So then the whole episode, George is talking about being a sponge. But also, why? Why was that his choice? Why George? I haven't... Yeah, I don't think I've seen them interact. Have we seen them interact, even the two of them? Um, I'm not positive. I don't think so, but I think it might be because he knows he's like unassuming, so he might be able to sneak around and get all the info without being s suspected by anybody. That's fair. That's a good point. But I, I yeah, I was, I was trying to figure out, like, did they even talk? I don't think they talked. Anyways. Uh, well, he was with him on, um, in the second episode, the... The Mackie case. Do you remember the the guy who oh, got his right. liver? Yes. They did have that. That's right. That's right. Thank you. I had forgotten about that. So there is a little bit. Um, and that then, was so last season, though. <laughs> so last. So season one. Um, then that's when we find out also later, Derek is like, oh, you gave Meredith to Addison. Are you sure about that? And Burke says, I'm always sure. Which, you know, comes back into play later. <laughs> so... That is a yeah. good running joke, and I think that we should start using that now. I'm always sure. Um, okay, so then they, he asked, uh, Derek asked Burke to help with the Joe situation. So that's when they go to Joe and explain that it's going to be a standstill and what that means. And 
that it's a big freaking deal. He's just going to be dead, which is crazy that that's a thing that oh, people yeah. do. And you're just and, he, and then you just are fine. This is my favorite scene so far from the entire show. Because he's like how much does it cost? And yes. then and then we like we go back to that scene Don't with the little worry girl, about right? It. Yeah. Don't worry about it. And he's like no no but like seriously. Like come on. 20, 30,000 and they're like a couple hundred. And yeah. Jess was sitting next to me watching this and she's like, "What? A couple hundred dollars? That's not bad." And I was like, <laughs> Jess, you need to she's need sleepy. to calm down. She's sleepy from the baby. Yes, but it's it's a really so it's a it's a good. I don't know if this was done intentionally with the writing, but he explicitly said, "I own a bar. I don't have insurance." Yeah, and if that isn't America twenty twenty one, I don't know what is. Yeah, I right? wrote this healthcare in this country is not great. Um, yeah. I did miss the disease though. What was what did he actually what was wrong? Oh, it was the the blood clot, right? It was right? A, a tuber or a blood aneurysm vessel situation aneurysm, right, right. like in a really specific spot on the in the brain. Um but also I think it's interesting that they said I don't have insurance because truthfully I think even if you did have insurance because this is such like um I think risky or experimental like it's just not like super common. I don't even think it would cover it even if you did have insurance. I could be wrong. I'm not a doctor or yeah. an insurance adjuster. Right. But I have to imagine that it, it, it wouldn't be covered. Yeah. But yeah, it but, bothered me. I did the eye roll emoji. I was like, oh, don't worry about that. Yeah. Also, for anyone who is listening to this before watching the episode and the <laughs> explanation. Uh, yeah. First off, you should be listening to these episodes after you watch uh, in case you'd forgotten how we do this here. Uh, but they... Stop the heart. This person's dead. They yes. put this person on ice, essentially. They freeze the room down to yes. like 40 or 50 degrees, I think they said. Yeah. Which makes no sense. Can't they just freeze the body? Why do they have to freeze I the whole room? I think they have to do both. Okay. To but help. anyways, and then they drain all the blood from the body. And yeah. in and out, that whole, from the beginning to end, that has to take 45 minutes. Yes. Which is absolutely bonkers to me. Science has come so far. It's crazy. And I'm sh- I actually I wonder if stencils are more common now, uh, or if they're still just as experimental and risky as they were 15 years ago. I think that'd be Sometimes a good. Sometimes I just think about like the concept of surgery because surgery has existed for a long time. So at some point in like the 1700s, someone was like, "I have a headache," and someone else said, "Well, I'll just cut the top of your skull off and see what's going on." Yeah. And yes, maybe it wasn't successful, but someone still did it as though it would be successful. Medicine is just crazy. Like so many things that we do that are just completely normal are absurd to think about how they started because <laughs> someone just yeah. had to do it and just hope for the best. Yeah. Well, it's just like, too. I mean, hey, I know we have these little pills that make you feel better and also you could just drink. But like instead, I'm going to take this buzzsaw and cut <laughs> cut your brain open and also you're gonna be awake how about that (laughs) yeah Yeah, we got another awake surgery in this one for you yeah no thanks um okay so then we go back to alex and izzy and it's kind of like flirty more on alex's side but and izzy's acting all like annoyed by it but she's not leaving so you're like oh are you annoyed what's the situation what is this relationship clearly alex will flirt with anyone so i'm not really like i don't know if we're supposed to say that he's like 
trying to get in Izzy's pants because she's Izzy or just because she's a lady and that's what he does. I was definitely getting some foreshadowing vibes there, though. I was... Well, uh, yeah, but... <laughs> Are you going to add on to your list of George and Izzy? I think that not only will George and Izzy eventually sleep together, but I think that Izzy and Alex will eventually sleep together. Okay, so... Also, to be fair, eventually George and Alex will sleep together. <laughs> oh, okay. I would love you to give me a timeline for all of the, Like, which happens in which order? Is it Alex and George first, and then the other ones? <laughs> Yeah, I think Alex and George is definitely going to happen first, mostly because they both already have the syphilis. Ah, right. So they kind of already have slept together, in a way. Yeah. So that one's already have. So check that off. That one's already have. So fortune's coming true. I'm a (laughs) a psychic, Jack. Uh, So I I don't know. I Right now, as it stands, because uh, George is with Olivia, is that her name? The nurse? Uh, Yeah. Are they together still? Did they survive the syphilis? Did they? I thought they did. I don't know that they did. I truly don't remember now that you're saying it. Uh, they didn't. I don't think I saw them break up. I just haven't seen. We didn't see her this episode. Yeah. He also doesn't mention. He didn't have to be overly uh, aware and just yell. I have, I a, have girlfriend. a girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. In this episode. Anyways, I don't know. Okay, so it, we'll see what the timeline so is. So you think, yeah, no, we're, you're going to tell me what your prediction of the timeline okay, is. Okay, okay. My prediction is that right now, as it stands, because they're both single, as far as I can see, the Alex and Izzy will happen before the George and Izzy. Okay. Unless George cheats on Olivia to be with Izzy and then realizes that he was meant for her and she was meant for him. Well, we'll just all wait and see, except for most of us already know, and just you don't. So. Yeah, I'm completely in the dark. Um, Okay, so Burke is mad at Chris. So then we get the stairwell scene, and that's when Burke yells, which maybe it's not nice to yell, but I do understand where the question is coming from. Um, And he wants to know. He is tired of not knowing what she wants, what their relationship. I mean, he's asked so many times, what are we, and she won't commit to anything. He's like, what do you want? And she, I mean, she just says, I don't know, which is, you know, also fair, but just say that earlier. Like, these are conversations you can have out loud together where you can process together, but that's yeah. not really who she is. But when you're in a relationship, sometimes you have to, you know, acknowledge the other person. So weird. So weird. I know. I hate it. Um, so George sees them kissing it up in the stairwell. I um, did not see that coming. Really? Yeah. And it's just I his head it. poking out, and he's like, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Scooby-Doo noise. Um, <laughs> I didn't see that coming. That was a good, yeah, fun Yeah, that was a good twist. one. And then it's also, I do like that George goes back to the chief and is like, nothing. I don't know any information. No one is having affairs. No one is sleeping with their boss, even though Especially everyone is doing both of Especially not in the stairwell. Those. The stairwell uh, yeah, is totally just, clean. Just stairwells. <laughs> um. Yeah, so he's not telling them. I think he's. it's kind of nice that he's having his friends back and, like, protecting them. So I did like that. Um, and I love then we go see Joe and, and everyone's – it's just so clear that he's basically, like, a part of this hospital family, even though he doesn't work at the hospital because his bar is right across the street. So everyone goes there, so everyone knows him, and everyone loves him, and he's just great. And, like, the nurse brings the basket, like, the whole floor chipped in. Everyone's there. Everyone loves him. So – I also really like the relationship established with Joe and Alex because he's like, you were with me at almost every last call since you moved here. 
basically like, Alex, you have no friends. You're look at, look in the mirror, look at your life, look at your choices. <laughs> but yep. um, it's nice that they have a relationship and Alex, again, it's just a good humanizing episode for Alex again. Um, as far as the Joe storyline goes anyways. So it's nice. The, the thing that was interesting was why did it take so long for us to meet him? Why don't we see him in episode in season one? That's what I was curious uh, about. Because they hadn't written him into the show yet. So, and I guess technically this <laughs> was still season one. Yes, it was supposed to be season one. So, um, but they again they did establish that the bar across the street in season one. They just didn't establish Joe as the owner slash bartender. So, um, but yeah, he's uh, he's around for a little while longer. So that'll be fun to see. Um, so then we go back to Addison's patient who is copping an attitude with Meredith because her husband also left her for some other woman. And um, she thinks that gives her the right to just treat Meredith like garbage, which it does not. Yeah, totally out of line. <laughs> totally out of line. Um, but we will take a small break now for Living in Shondaland. Living in Shondaland! Now, um, this episode... Uh, is a petite episode for Shondaland because there's not many patients. So there's not many people who are not regulars on this show. So there is only pregnant lady, pregnant judgy lady. Um, and she, her name in real life is Wendy Gazelle. And she is also in a couple episodes of private practice. So that's it. That's the whole Shondaland. <laughs> That was good, though. Nice and quick and to the point. I think so. Um, so, yeah. Okay. So, back at it. Uh, Christina goes to check on Joe. She's vomiting because she's pregnant. And Joe's like, oh, morning sickness must suck because he heard at the bar that she's pregnant because she said it right in front of him. And then she's like, you can't say anything about what you heard about me or Meredith or McDreamy. And then Burke overhears that. Um, which is... A good time, uh, but we'll get to there when we get to it. Um. Yeah, I I really so that was one of the things I had to go back and like rewatch that scene because I was like, wait, how would he have known about McDreamy? So I went uh, back yeah. and I rewatched that scene because I was like, oh yeah, that's right, that's right. Which is a funny interaction between him and Bailey. <laughs> so yeah, good. so great. Um, but before that, so George is looking at the babies again, which is an established ritual in season one. And Meredith finds him and he's still being awkward and needy with Meredith. He's like, Oh, you look pretty, whatever. Um, but that's then George tells Meredith that he saw Christina kissing Burke. And it's not even like a gossipy way. He's just like, did you know about this? Like, what the fuck? Um, and I, I do love the scene where the door, the elevator doors open and Meredith is just standing there like, bitch, <laughs> I will kill you dead and here. Meredith Meredith is all upset because she's like, oh, you told me not to do it. You told me not. But if you go back and watch the first season, as soon as Christina starts sleeping with Burke, she stops judging Meredith for sleeping with Derek. And she also defends Meredith when Meredith is not around. Which so, she doesn't see that, though. She right. doesn't see that part. But, yeah, I mean, I... I understand kind of where Meredith is coming from, but I'm like, okay, you know that this woman is a private person. Like let, let her live. She has a lot going on. Um, but I love when she's like, it's different because you and Derek are in a relationship. And she goes, well, what are you and Burke? What are you and Burke? In? And she says, Switzerland. 
it's neutral there and they make very nice watches yeah it's just not though and she's <laughs> she is lying to herself because you she know is. he keeps asking he's like look I, I just want your phone number hey i want to go on a date hey we're off tomorrow also right. i could tell that you like me blah 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 and I mean, he doesn't say that but i could tell because i'm a tv viewer and i see it i see it she <laughs> likes him i know i it. viewed it on the tv I could tell through her emotions that she likes him. She does like him, which I think is the issue for her. Um, but yes, they are having an argument. And then that's when we get the Burke and Bailey sassy scene. And Burke says, who is Victory Me? And she says, I am. <laughs> I is, like to lean against say? things. She yeah. says something about having good hair. And then she's like, I like to lean against things and ponder the difficulties of dating multiple beautiful women. Yes. Uh, it's so funny. It's so good. I'm trying to be a doctor. I love her so much. I hope that she becomes uh, someone's boss later on. I hope that she has a good career at this hospital. I love her so much. And this is, I just, I think in the second season, she gets used even like in a better way than she did in the first. Cause like I, she didn't get, I don't think they underserved her in the first. She just gets even more in the second. Because I think they realize, like, this woman is so talented in so many ways and we need to make sure we're utilizing her. Because she is also great. Like, she has really good chemistry with the rest of the cast as well. So, like, I mean, really anyone. Oh, she's great with yeah. the chief. She's great with the attending. She's great with the interns. It's just, she's like a great core character. Yeah, I really like her a lot. And then um, George is back with the chief and he won't tell him anything but except for the Joe. This is when he starts harping on the joe situation and he's like we need to help him you know everyone knows him he's done so much for us we need to do something for him and the chief is like that's not our job <laughs> healthcare in our country is a joke yeah 100 percent. he doesn't did say you... that that was me i said that. <laughs> did you skip the scene where there was that little baby emergency thing where like oh uh, yes i definitely did so that's okay um, I because I wrote that note and I was like, well, that's scary. And being being a parent now, everything is like triggering me. Like, oh my gosh, should I go check on my baby's health? Do yeah, I there's set a lot a of things. I'm like, should I call a special every now? Like, because I, I haven't rewatched a lot of this since Scarlett was born, and so now I'm always like, oh my god, I cannot imagine doing that when you're pregnant, and, like being so afraid and all this stuff. Um, and like when in the first season when that baby had to have the brain surgery and she started waking up and it was very upsetting. Um. Oh, still crazy. Oh but my yeah, gosh. so I did skip that. And so they have to rush her into surgery. And then it also cuts to really quick. Joe giving Alex like all these instructions. Like this is where all the stuff is. You have to check here. I guess like maybe in case he dies. Who knows? Um, and that's when then the chief is like, it's not our job to to worry about them. It's just our job to save him. And then George is like, well, like if we save him and he doesn't have anything, then what's the point? And the chief's like, well, he'll have his life. And I'm like, there's just more to it than that. It's just not that black and white. There's definitely a difference between having a life and having quality of life. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then <laughs> um, George is sitting in the gallery of the surgery trying to figure out a way to help Joe. And Bailey comes in and um, George is like, oh, do you know Joe? And she's like, oh, I know Joe. You know, I was the only female my, my intern year. And Joe really, we helped each other get through it. And then George is like, oh, you guys like, you know? And she's like, no, you guys are nasty. No wonder you have syphilis. And, and she like, slaps him. She straight up hits him. Like, I and not so it was hard. It was a hard like slap. The back of his head just pops him. 
so good. It was audible. Imagine I you're working her. and like, and you just your boss comes up to you and goes, "That's why you got syphilis," and smacks you. Like, I love that boss. HR, HR needs to be called. It's fine. She's fine. Leave her alone. I mean, yes, um. she's fine, and I want to leave her alone. But also, like, we gotta look. We can't. We can't be calling out all the sexist stuff, and then Bailey turns around Listen, and does something, and it's. I'm okay. not here to talk about the reality of this show. I'm here for Miranda <laughs> Bailey to do whatever she damn well pleases. That's fair. We should just rename this podcast the Doctor Bailey Academy. I love her. Doctor Bailey would teach the best academy of all the academies. If anyone out there knows the actress who plays Dr. Bailey, tell her that her career really needs to be on the <laughs> Grey's Academy podcast. Or and also that never... I really need her to be on this podcast so I can meet her on yes. the internet and it'll be amazing. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, okay, so now then we cut to the awake surgery that's for the pregnancy. Um, and I guess it's because you really can't put someone under when they're pregnant uh, because it would drastically affect the baby. So they just do like a local anesthetic probably the equivalent Um, of some sort of epidural yeah something like that so crazy she's awake it just has to lay there and listen to that it's wild um then we go to the standstill surgery and it's cold everyone is like shivering or wrapped up in blankets and uh, it's cold and then they're just like all right start the clock so then they're just racing the clock gotta get it done gotta get it all done and in in between that i think is the scene where we see george and he's like oh that's it I get it. Oh, yeah, because that's when, um, well, when, uh, yeah. When jo- At, Alex In that scene, says, George is yeah. trying to help something, and then there's, like, he's dead, dead. He died, died, whatever. He does that. Um, but I, like, before, right before that, they have the Derek and Burke situation where <laughs> Derek's like, oh, everyone has a Joe Serger sur- story. What's yours? And Burke says, you go first. And then Derek tells him, and then he's like, Burke says, oh, I don't have one. I just wanted to hear yours. <laughs> <laughs> savage which i love um so then that's when alex and izzy are like doing whatever alex is kind of trying to break down the walls and he's like oh you like me and she's like are you even a human um and that's when he does the dead dead thing and george is like oh that's it oh i'm a genius and then he goes to to the chief and tells him and the chief is like this is just not what i've asked you to do and you're pissing me off so then he leaves, even though there's no reason for them not to do what the solution that George has come up with, which is basically donating Joe's body to science. Um, and this privately funded study will then fund the surgery because then when Joe dies, they'll get the body and they'll be able to do the research to see if this standstill surgery had any effect on this person through the remainder of their life. Um, and so by doing that, he will not have to pay for the surgery. So there's really no reason not to do it. The chief's just being a turd for no reason. Yes. In the moment. Yeah. It's kind of, yeah. In that moment, it appears that he's still just like, I'm just going to put my foot down because you, this is not what I told you to do. So you're making me mad. So whatever. He's annoying. Now in the um, surgery back with Burke and Shepard. Yes. You get a couple of great one liners yes. <laughs> in there. Uh, I don't remember what he said in response to it, but when McDreamy says, I'm always sure, 
Uh, oh, is that when he when he says he got it and he's ready? Burke can start his eight minute yeah, process. And then, yeah, and that's Burke's like, yeah. "Are you sure?" And he says, "I'm always sure," which is the throwback to earlier, which is a good because I love their relationship because they do work well together. But at the end of the day, they are still the each other's competition. And Derek is mad that Burke is temporary chief and he's not. And also, his wife showed up, so he's extra mad about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, then he says he gives it the classic "close it up, chief," and walks away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a great one liner. It's a good one. They're they're uh, grumpy at each other. So then Bert goes in to talk to Weber, and um, Weber's kind of lecturing him. Um, and he's like, "Well, I picked you because you're just basically this heartless person with no life. So nothing, like you're not going to lose anything by having this job." Um, which but it's kind of a sad moment. That scene's kind of sad though, too. Oh, it's definitely sad if you look at what that would mean um for the chief basically like you have nothing like it's just this job this job is your entire life you get to have nothing else um which then makes burke think he needs to break up with christina which is a really sad scene because she comes in and she's so excited she's like that was amazing like i mean how do you feel like you literally brought someone back from the dead are you just like incredible well all the stuff you did such a great job and then she's like hey do you still have those reservations and then he's like it's just nah bitch i don't have that (laughs) he's like it's just so when he breaks up with her it's so matter of fact right it's not mean but it's not nice and it's he's like there's something to discuss and she goes okay he goes it's pretty clear bitch what the fuck (laughs) but is it though you have a conversation (laughs) and then she's like oh you're ending this and i just feel for her because she's trying to maintain her facade of like not being too attached but you know, she had decided to let the attachment start, and that's when he decided to bail, which just sucks. In in his defense, she had three seasons to tell him how she feels. Three seasons? We're on season three, two. Three episodes. I'm <laughs> sorry. Three episodes. Um, um, and also, yeah. this is, I would imagine, I would have to guess, in the same 24-hour period where they were in the hallway, right? Yeah. So... She in my if I was her, I'd be thinking. Listen, less than twenty four hours ago, you told me to figure it out. And yeah, you and me. I have now figured it out, and now you're saying you don't want it. Yeah, but she didn't stop. She should have put on her big girl pants and say, "I came here to tell you that I wanted to be with you, and you just lost it. You just lost all of this." Well, I think that's what away. she was doing when she went in there, because that's what she was doing by saying, "Do you still have those reservations?" I think that was her saying, "Like, I I will commit to the relationship aspect of this." No, she needs to be more clear. Okay. That is I think No. I disagree. No. All right. You have the hindsight of all of these seasons and watching all of these episodes. I'm but telling you no. But that's what she was doing by that by going in and saying, "Do you still have those reservations?" You are looking at it from his side where he's just gotten this lecture and who that basically was like, "If you want the job that you want, you have to have no life." So then he's like, "Cool." I guess I'll stop having a life. But her, she's like, okay, he told me to figure out what I wanted. This is what I want. I do want to be in this relationship. And that's when she goes to be like, let's do the relationship thing that you wanted. And he says, it's pretty clear. Yeah, it was not clear. That was it's not, not clear. clear. Um, that okay, was a sad so scene. I felt bad for it her. It was really sad. She does a good job portraying like sad, but trying to act like she's not sad. I also I could I got some vibes from him that he was pretty clearly not wanting to break up with her. 
Uh, which is a little bit of a bummer too, because yeah, if she's picking up on those vibes, she'd be like, no. Well, because he's like, you're so focused. I respect that. Like you really know what you want. And like, we don't want this to impact either of our careers, which is true. Like they have, they're very similar in that way. Like they're very tunnel vision about their careers. Um, and they're both very, very talented. So I think that goes into why they would be attracted to each other in the first place. Um, but yeah, I also don't think he wanted to, but he had to make that decision of like which more important. And at that point in the relationship, I think it's it's easier to make that decision because as far as he's concerned, there's not much relationship tying them together. Yeah. So in in the uh, timeline of his career though, it doesn't make sense. He's interim chief. If he was given the official chief title, I think this makes more sense, but the timing of it just doesn't seem right to me. Well, I think what he's doing is more like basically you can't like it almost seems like Weber is saying you cannot have anything that will hold you back if you want this job. So he's saying now I'm not going to give myself the opportunity to have for the chief to say later on, well, you know, you've got, you know, a wife or you've got whatever, a family, so you can't have this job, which I like, I just hate when people say that. Like, I think you can absolutely prioritize. Like there are very demanding jobs and people who are very successful at them still have happy families. I think it also becomes easier. And speaking from experience, I don't know if you and and Michael felt this way, but like I after having Marlo two weeks I ago. Have been, two weeks ago. <laughs> Three I'm weeks a ago. changed I'm a changed man. <laughs> no, you definitely uh, are. I I will say what were you gonna I'm sorry, what? I was just gonna say you've been back at work for four days. But go ahead. <laughs> I have, but like I was off today, right? Oh, that's right. And my assistant manager was like asking me for things and I was like, Hey, you know what? I'm going to take care of that tomorrow because I'm off today. Yeah. Michael and I were talking about that recently about like, um, when you move, when you have a career change or like a different thing, like it's up to you to set that boundary from the beginning, because if you don't set the boundary in the beginning, it makes it harder to go back on it later and be like, Oh, I know in the past I worked 80 hours for you, but I'm really only feeling like working 40. Yes. So it's like definitely important and to to set those boundaries. Um, so good job, respect. Thank that's you. It's important to do that to prioritize the family time. But that's the hindsight of like why I didn't fully understand. And granted, my job currently, my scope is not the same as a chief of med- uh, surgery, right. but <laughs> it's different. It, but it could it's, be. It's still priorities. You still yeah. have to prioritize what you have to prioritize. Um. Okay, so George goes to Weber and is basically like, I'm not going to tell you what I saw because nothing matters except for Joe. And you need, to, you need to do what's right because this man is the reason that so many of us survive this job. And he just like cops an attitude with the chief, but it's, you know, it's, it needs to be said. And then the chief says like, oh, it's done. I, I, you know, take care of it. You're right. But also don't fucking cross me again. I will kill you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yell at me again and I'll snap you like a twig. So yep. <laughs> bad ass. And I, I don't actually, Weber's not really on my radar for favorite characters, but that was yeah. a boss fucking thing to say. Yeah. And it's like, he's laying in a bed post surgery and you still have no trouble believing that when he says it, like he oh, hundred percent absolutely could destroy that person. And I don't feel so. Okay. If, if Shepard says that, I'm not getting those vibes from Shepard. Yeah, I'm like, you don't have the power. No. Now, Alex says something, I think so, maybe, but, like, there aren't... If like, Alex we- says it, I would think he's just talking the talk. Maybe. But Weber If Weber says it. it, I believe it 
if Bailey says it, I probably believe it. 100%. What, Bailey means it, too. I will snap you. Like, when she said she was going to kill him after the, the freaking, you're, you're about to cost me my career, you did this uh, unsanctioned autopsy. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I believed her. Yeah. And then, look at the size of this heart. Anyways, throwback. It's <laughs> oh, I so truly good. could not tell you how many times that, like, just pops in my head out of nowhere. It's just, it's absurd. I don't know why. Um, okay. So then we get to the end scene with Addison's patient um, where she's like, okay, everything's fine. Dr. Gray's going to do this. And then the lady's like, uh, I don't want her on my case because my husband also slept with someone else. And that is, makes me mad. And then Addison's straight up like, I don't have the patience or the time. So let me just set the record straight. I cheated on my husband. Uh, so Meredith, Dr. Gray is the wrong woman here, not me. So you owe her a huge apology. <laughs> and I was like, and then just leaves. And I was like, this right here is why I love Addison Shepard. This is why I love Addison Montgomery Shepard. I love her so much. Cause that she's actually like, did. She does it not beat her. around the bush. No. And like, yes, she also owes Meredith an apology for what she said. I don't think she owes Meredith an apology for the fact that Derek, like she doesn't owe Meredith an apology, anything in regards to Derek, because what Derek did and lied about is his own thing. And it's not her responsibility to take ownership of that. I think if she's going to apologize to Meredith about anything, it's just going to be what she said earlier in the hallway about like, Oh, I mean to anyone, not just people who sleep with my husband, whatever. But I just love her character so much. She's like such a badass. She's so good at her job. And she just like, doesn't bullshit around with people. She's like, you know what? You don't know the situation. You don't get to just say things. You need to apologize to this lady right now. <laughs> yeah. It was a nice scene because, so, I, I I like to, Jess and I both do the same thing, where we have to pick out the villain, right? Yeah. And I think when you're looking at last season. Absolutely, yeah. You're like, okay, we have a, we have a villain. We have an antagonist. But mm -hmm. really, she's either, one, a likable villain, uh -huh. like, like Thanos, or <laughs> okay <laughs> um, debatable yeah uh actually i would say more like the vulture from spider-man homecoming mm. um a defendable villain yeah who doesn't love michael keaton uh <laughs> but i also i don't i don't have the benefit of hindsight so i think that she can be both an antagonist and a hero in the same time and right, because this... she can be a villain in meredith's story but be a hero or like a likable character in someone else's story. So like, I mean, and it's the same goes for any character. Like this person could be the villain in your story, but maybe they're a hero in someone else's. You just don't know. Like there's so many sides to every story and we do, you know, that does lead into um, when Meredith goes to the trailer and gets the explanation from Derek, which is a great, and, and it's, it's done so well. It's I, done really great. I really, love the way he tells it and she just stands there and lets him tell it she's not mad she's like you need a chance to explain yourself and he does but i i just i love what she says is it's not enough she lets him say it all and then she says so what was i just the person you screwed to get over being screwed and he says you were like coming up for air it's like whatever and and she's like it's not enough it's and then she just leaves and i'm like good for you yeah i so here's the thing. I think if she he could have said more, and I think it could have been good enough. Um, but also the way Meredith felt in this less than 24 to 48, 48 hour span, I don't think anything would have made her feel better about the yeah. situation. 
I think it helps give her some closure. And I don't think Derek is as much the villain as I think I wanted him to be in the beginning of this episode because he was cheated on. I don't think that he necessarily had to uh, tell Meredith everything. And he did open up a lot in the in the uh, end of, I think, uh, episode eight in yeah. season one. And then, you know, you only get one episode of happiness from the two of them, which is sad. But right. uh, yeah. And then you see Alex being a hero in Joe's story and the villain yeah. in everyone else's. So it, it's it's very interesting. Um, yeah, it's to go back with Derek and Meredith. What I think is interesting is he tells the story. You, you say that he could have said more and it would have been enough, but I don't know that it would have because you know what he did not say at any point? He's sorry. Exactly. That motherfucker did not apologize. He's like, I'm just going to defend what I did. I'm not sorry about it. I'm like, it's one thing if you don't want to tell someone that you were married and now you're divorced. I don't necessarily think you need to. But you're actively married. You have a wife. Like, yeah, you're separated. But like, to what degree are you legally separated? Has anyone filed any kind of paperwork? Like, what's going on? (laughs) So I think... There's no apology, and it's really just a defense of his actions, which, yes, she did need to know this, but she gave so many opportunity for him to tell her this, even if he had told her this, not right away, but when she was asking all those questions, I think it would have been okay. (laughs) Yeah. I just got out of this marriage, but I, I really care about you, but, you know, just so you know, I have this history it's not finalized yet, but I'm, this is where my head's at. I just like to find out the way she found out is so shitty. Like it should have yeah. come from him. Oh, hundred percent. It, it, I, I have a hard time thinking that it would have turned out, uh, the same. It wouldn't have turned out the same if she would have gotten ahead of it. I think that she would have been someone who would have appreciated the honesty. Now, I don't know what the future holds for them, but I do hope I am rooting for them to be back together. I think they're a great couple. I enjoy their relationship. Um, I like Derek more than I like Meredith. Meredith isn't my favorite person in the in the show, just in general. Mm-hmm. But I do believe she deserves to be happy, and I and I hope that they end up together. So, yeah, let's uh, well let's finish up, and then we'll get into some predictions. So, yeah, we get um, <laughs> everyone's alone basically. Christina and Burke are not together. Addison and Derek are not together. Meredith and Derek are not together. Uh, probably George and Olivia aren't together. I don't really remember at this point, but I'm pretty sure they don't survive the syphilis. Um, but then, uh, yeah, Izzy is seeing Alex be a good person. And, you know, he's being a little softy. He's He goes to see George or Joe. Joe tells him what George did. And then he, like, thanks George. He's like, thank you. And gives him a hug, which is a big move i mean i think it would have been one thing for them to be like oh handshake but he just pulls him in straight up gives him a hug because i think the implication is basically that joe is alex's only friend like true friend at this point and so in his eyes george has just like saved the life of his best friend yeah it it is uh also i think we should look at the time too like toxic masculinity i think was more prevalent Oh, absolutely. Back, back 15, 16 years ago. Yeah. So now you can bros hug bros, right? Uh, and even strangers. I don't mind hugging a guy as I'm introducing myself, right? I don't, right. I don't care about that. But these are... Alex strikes me as the kind of person who has some toxic masculinity yeah, background. Yeah, for sure. So. 
it's yeah it's a big step for him in in a lot of ways but i think it does a lot for his character and then you know izzy's off to the side she's giving a little grin you know george and alex are hugging she's like oh maybe those two crazy kids will get together yeah she's like maybe carmen's prediction is true (laughs) that's exactly what she is thinking um so then we get back to the bar um christina tells meredith that the reason that she told her was because she had to put meredith down as her emergency contact and that's when she says you're my person which is another thing that comes up a lot in the series they say it to each other constantly like you're my person and it's just like a really nice moment because for two people that aren't wildly vulnerable and don't express a lot of emotions it's basically their way of saying i love you and it's just really really nice and then christina says he dumped me and then meredith gives her some cuddles and i just love them well, and then the final, the final scene of uh, her, sh- her saying, you know, you realize this, this constitutes hugging. This hug. And she <laughs> says, shut says, up, I'm your person. Yeah, shut up, I'm your person. I had to write I that entire quote down. It was a good one. They're so cute. I love them together. But yeah, you, there's like so much Grace Anatomy merchandise that says you're my person or I'm your person. or It's, a, it's definitely an ongoing sentiment throughout the show which um i really love and i think again it fits both of their personalities because they're not ones to readily express a lot so it's a nice way for them to say it without saying it yeah great episode i would like to i would like to get your rankings and then i would like to share my rankings because Um, i don't i don't want to wait i just i really enjoy this episode i also really like this episode um i love it i think it's a solid start to the second season uh it introduces us to addison it kind of sets up that alex is maybe gonna suck a little less um it really does like so much happens like no one's together at the end of it like i said and um a lot it's just a lot happens um i'm gonna give it i'm gonna give it a five i'm gonna give it a chief nope nope unattending (laughs) or is it yes what did we decide what are we doing i'm gonna survive we okay so actually we're, we're in flux here we're going to be taking a couple of episodes to finish up our, our ranking system. We, we think, uh, shout out to our friend Ryan, who proposed uh, a 10 uh, a ten point ranking system. We're going to see if we can iron out some of those details. But I think we're we're still with med student. Med student, in- intern, intern, resident. Resident, fellow, fellow attending. attending. Okay, so it's an attending. This episode okay. is an attending. I, I give it a fellow, a fellow point four five. Not a full okay. fellow point five. Um, are you ever going to give an episode of five? I'm I waiting don't for. Think you are. I'm waiting for someone's butt to explode, and that will be my episode. My my five. My five out don't of five. Know if that happens. But also, here's the thing. This is why we need a more comprehensive. <laughs> oh, it's not going to explode. Yeah, Dang it. Spoiler alert. Um, the we, butts that's why don't we need explode. <laughs> their I'm not saying boobs people don't explode. explode. I'm saying their butts don't explode. <laughs> uh, once we have a more comprehensive one through yeah, ten we're list, I think. It. Oh yeah, I, I'll be able to give uh, higher scores. But I feel like I need to wait until uh, I've seen every episode because I don't want to throw a and five around. And then you're going to go back and read yeah. things. That's insane. What do you insane. think, do you think we're going to do? No, what this this podcast can go forever because once the show is all the way done, then we start over with the hindsight. No, because they, we have to watch Private Practice. We oh, have yeah, to watch right. Station 19. <laughs> like We probably will just go and watch Scandal and How to Get Away with We'll just live in Shondaland and then we'll watch Bridgerton. Living in Shondaland. Actually, Bridgerton was not that good. I didn't watch it and how dare you. <laughs> you What? You can't. Shonda's, no. I'm sure she's, she's great at everything. No, Jessica really liked. Okay, so 
this is going down a rabbit hole. I'm not going to divulge too much, but Jess was watching Bridgerton and um, the one where she's uh, English and goes back in time to Scotland. Um, I don't know what the hell that is. Oh no, this is going to blow. Me. Um, is it a movie? No, or a it, show. It, it's a it's a TV show. Um, oh my gosh, this is going to bug me so much. But anyways, someone someone in their home, goes back in time. She like gets to a, a rock and um, the rock the rock takes her back in time to like medieval Scotland times. Is this on Netflix? Yes. Is, this, is it a Netflix original? Yes. Or is this a show? No, it's a Netflix. No, uh, what is it? Um, oh my gosh, something traveler, something wanderer. Um, Outlander. Oh my. Outlander. Thank you. Thank you. I did you. not know that. That I knew. Just watched that show. I did not know that. That's what that was about. <laughs> Outlander. I just thought it was, I didn't no. know there was time traveling. <laughs> so she was watching Bridgerton and Outlander at the same time. And Outlander shows way more nipple. So <laughs> uh, that's why I, I like Outlander better than Bridgerton. But I would, I, I would, don't know. I, would I go heard back that Bridgerton and, was also borderline just like porn. No, they never even, they, they don't show any nipples in that show. Okay. That's doesn't matter. You yes, gotta, you don't be a toxic man. <laughs> I, I'm listen, I like nipples. <laughs> I approve of nipples, all right? I think I could say that without being Free the tosca- nipple. Free the nipple. I'm progressive. I all am. Right. Uh, this is 2021. Nipples should not offend you, Kelsey. Uh, they don't offend me. I just think your objectification of women could be revisited at another time. Okay, first off, do not put that evil out here on me. All I was saying is that if I'm going to watch a TV show that I did not inherently enjoy, I would stick around for the sex. And yeah, the nipples. That's- yeah, Michael was like, "So I hear that a uh, Bridgerton show has a lot of sex." And I was like, "Yeah, I heard that too." He's like, "So you wanna you wanna like watch it?" I was like, "Yeah, we'll <laughs> we'll put it on the list." We are we have a very long list of things that we never watch. It's a good time. Well, add Outlander to the list because it's also historically accurate in a lot of ways, which I did. Well, appreciate. I remember I do remember Jessica told me after I had Scarlet, Jessica told me that this woman like gave birth and then an hour later was riding a horse, and then she told me specifically about that, and I was like, she would die. <laughs> Yes, and now Jessica I would understands. Die. Yeah. Yes. Oh goodness. Okay. Okay. Well. So yes. Um. Uh, wait, on that bef- note. So we did our ranking. Was there any other predictions you wanted to make? I know you want Derek and Meredith to get back together. Do you think, um, that there's a timeline? Do you think they'll just immediately get back together? Do you think how the, how's the recovery process for them looking? So here's what I'm nervous about. Um, I'm nervous that something's going to happen, and Derek and Addison are going to sleep together. Um, and it's not going to be like love. It's going to be some sort of passion. We're humans, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. it's, they're not getting back together, but it happens. And I'm nervous that the second that Meredith allows herself to forgive Derek, she finds out about it Uh and then it, it prolongs them. But I'm hoping their arc lasts less than the season. I hope that they're back together before the end of season two. Um, I don't think that Burke and Christina are going to get back together for a while. Um, I hope they do. I want them to, but I think that they're not going to get back together until season three. I don't think she's going to okay. let them off the hook that easy. She's going to be uh, spiteful, which is totally in line with her character. Yep. And That's why I, love her. <laughs> uh, I don't think Weber is going to make it past season two. I think Weber is going to retire before the end of the season. Okay, you think he's going to retire? I thought you meant he was going to die. No, no, <laughs> no, no. no. He's going to re- he's going to retire. But I also don't think that Burke or Shepard are going to get the chief job. I think someone third party is going to swoop in at the last second. Okay. Okay. Um, and what about, let's see, you already said Izzy, Alex, and George. So I guess that's everyone. Yeah. Is there anyone I'm missing? 
Bailey's going to um, get a boyfriend soon. Or uh, girlfriend. So? Okay. Either way. Okay. Doesn't matter. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I think I'm I know. I think excited. I did every. Yeah. I'm, are any of the things that I said true? Just tell me if any of them are true. You don't have to tell me which one it is, though. Uh, I don't think any of the things you said are true. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> You're just saying that. She's lying to me. Uh, I can tell when she's lying to me. I can see her face. Um, we'll have to watch and find out. But let's, we'll revisit this episode uh, at the end of season two and we'll see how many things you got correct. All right. Write them down because I will forget. Uh, yeah, I'll just re-listen to this right before season season two finale. Which also the season two finale is three episodes. It's a three-hour finale because of it's like there's. I was looking through some of the synopsises, and this is like season two is when we hit some very very huge like monumental iconic Grey's Anatomy episodes. Like I think if you polled a lot of people as like what's your favorite classic Grey's episodes, I would say probably eighty-five to ninety percent would fall in this season. Because so there's then, just so many like things that happen in this season. Knowing that now, uh, anyone listening to these episodes, uh, send, them, send us a message, send us an email. Let us know if you want the finale to be all one five-hour <laughs> episode. Uh, or if you'd like individual episodes for each of the parts. Um, yes. What would be easier they, I don't know how they aired, but they are on Netflix as three separate episodes. Um, I don't remember how they aired. Uh, but they are on, like, they're part one, two, and three, basically. So... So we'll definitely have to watch them and pause because I'm going to be like, and then you would have to wait a week, Carmen. <laughs> yeah, that would be hard. Yeah, there's, I mean, there are some that I remember being just like, just distraught for like the summer break. Not even, I mean, the weeks are bad enough, but like when it would be the summer break, there are some when you're just like, what the, what's happening? <laughs> and you just want to know. Maybe we'll need to be in person for those three episodes. That gives us, I what, 20, so. 20 weeks together to plan? Yeah. That's half yeah, a year almost. make that happen. Yeah, that's just... We might have to do this faster. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't know if I want to do this single episode a week for eight years. (laughs) So two episodes a week for four years. Yeah, that seems a little less aggressive. (laughs) Maybe we'll we'll need to shorten up these episodes. These hour and 30 minute episodes are going to be tough to keep up with. It's what the people want. The people have Um, demanded it. So, yes, shoot us an email, message us, follow us on Instagram, um let us know if you have any questions concerns ideas we would love to hear from people thank you so much for the support we are we are still on trend with people listening and then listening to more episodes so thank you um tell your friends tell your family tell, tell strangers your dogs on the tell street, your pets <laughs> tell your doctors yes. um so yeah uh thanks so much um for the support we really appreciate it so um until next time And as always, no spoilies. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time. From an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109.